Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 74 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam, and I'm joined by Jill. Jill, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I love that we always ask each other how we're doing, even though we just spent an hour and a half in the room recording things together. Our listeners don't know that. I know Adam. they don't know that, but it's also just fun because you, you, you're you definitely at your wit's end with me today. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little slap happy, and you've been very patient with me. So when you ask asking uh, me how I'm doing and seeing your face, being like, I'm great, Adam. How are you? <laughs> stares at me blankly. <laughs> anyway, what are, we, uh, what are we talking about on today's episode? On today's episode, we talked about our favorite books of 2016. Yes, we did. Not so just ours, but like... All of our coworkers. All of our coworkers. A lot of the voices you have heard before on the podcast came back, and we had everyone offer up their favorite three books of the year. Uh, we had a f- only one repeat, actually, I think, mm-hmm. which is pretty impressive. I thought I we agree. would have a few of those, but um, I'm going to offer mine up. Okay. Because you're not going to offer yours up here. <laughs> would you like to remind everyone why you're not going to offer your favorite books up? Because I talked about them on NPR. <laughs> That was a beautiful hair flip. Fantastic job. <laughs> if you want to hear Jill's favorite books of the year, uh, you can go to WBUR.org slash on point, I believe. That is correct. And yeah. It's their best books of 2016 episode. You can listen or download it. They have a podcast. Yeah. So Jill got to go on NPR and talk about her favorite books. I am using our little platform to talk about my favorite books. So. Whatever, Joe. It's not a big deal. I don't care. I'm not jealous. I'm not sad at all about this situation. So, anyway. What are your favorite books, Adam? Yep, there we go. So, I have a couple. Uh, we asked everyone else to do three. I did four because it's our podcast and we can do what we want. Uh, all three of mine actually ended up being authors that came on our show because a lot of my reading this year was for the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, the first one we've talked about several times and she's been on the podcast twice, so I won't spend a lot of time. But This Is Where It Ends by Marie Nykamp. Um, it's a book about a school shooting told over 54 minutes. It was our big library read book. Uh, you can go back and hear her talk twice about it on our podcast, but it was just one of those books that stayed with, I read it in January to interview her and I still will think about it sometimes. Mm -hmm. So highly recommend it. It's a, it's not a happy read. It's it, but it stays with you and I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, the second one is your heart is a muscle, the size of a fist by Sunil Yapa. This is a book that is told from several different perspectives over these riots that happened in Seattle, all about the World Trade Organization meetings that were happening there in the early 90s. Um, it's a father and a son story. Uh, they're separated, and throughout the book they kind of reunite. But it's told through real-life events that actually happened, and uh, that's the background. It was his first book, and it's really, really good. So I'm excited to see what Sunoyapa comes out with next. Uh, the next one is The Knicks by Nathan Hill, which was a Goodreads Award finalist. Actually, so was This Is Where It Ends. But um, The Knicks is same thing. It's a, a mother and a, a son who kind of reconnect and over this long, sweeping story. And I don't want to – If I feel like this is one of those books I can't really talk about that much because right. 
I'll blow it and, and give everything away. But um, I highly recommend it. It's the first book that Nathan Hill ever wrote. And it's one of those books where you read it and you say, this guy feels like he's been writing books for 25 years. It, he's super young. When I interviewed him for the podcast, it was one of those where I thought he was just someone walking up to our booth. And I was like, oh, no, you're the author. Oh, my God. So um, highly recommend The Knicks as well. And then my last one was uh, David Bowie's The Last Interview. It's a memoir that came out in November. And I don't really read a ton of musical memoirs normally. Um, Several times over the past year, you and I have discussed our love for David Bowie. Mm -hmm. Um, But while I loved his music and all the movies he was in, I didn't really know, like, I never go back and read, like, interviews or anything of uh, musicians that I enjoy. Like, all the people that I grew up listening to because of my parents, like, you know, the Moody Blues and all these different, you know, the Beatles and everything. I just never go back and read newspaper clippings right. or anything like that. And so this book is a number of interviews that David Bowie did over his career, ending with the last interview he ever did before he passed away. And it was just really cool to see him talking in real time about all the things that were going on in his life. And it's really, really interesting. So if you're a fan of Bowie at all, of any form of Bowie, he t- there's interviews from basically every part of his mm-hmm. career so i would highly highly recommend it it's because i don't usually read a ton of musical memoirs but this one is really really good so um yeah like i said you can find yours online by going to on point uh if people want to get a hold of us how can they do that they can find us on facebook and twitter mm-hmm. and they can email us directly at feedback at overdrive.com and i hope they do because i want to know what our listeners favorite books of 2016 were yeah definitely shoot us an email and let us know and we're we're creating a bunch of different lists of our users favorite books of 2016 and if we get enough responses in the email i'll create a uh, a podcast listeners list of best books of the year so yeah um okay anything else you can think of before we let people take a dive into this one Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so either. All right. Well, happy holidays, everyone. And I hope you enjoy this episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. And first up, we have Megan. Hi, Megan. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. It's been so long. (laughs) It's been too long. It's been too long. Sarcasm. <laughs> I get it. Well, um, I'm in a different room this time, so it feels completely different. That's true. I know. You read a lot of books this year. I did. How many? Uh, right now, I'm at 189. Yeah, right now. Right now. <laughs> but we're recording this several days before it goes out, so you'll probably be much closer to, yeah. to that magic. Yeah. So I'm at just shy of 62,000 pages for the year. Okay. Whoop. Keeps track. Of, how do you keep? Wait, Goodreads. Good hold on. Goodreads track. tracks your pages. Yeah, you go into stats, and then and then it's really. Result. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I keep an Excel spreadsheet. I'm horrible about Goodreads, but yes. Yeah, no. I you can check. easily just go to go to my books and then click on stats. I also like how I raise my hand. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, people can see me. <laughs> hold on. The, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, so you I, can easily see. How many? I can't wait to wrap up this conversation so I can go to my desk and do this. <laughs> 62,000 pages. 62,000 How many pages. words? Oh, I don't know. Words. I don't know. A lot. I don't know. I'm sorry. I, 
I just went from not knowing a really cool thing existed to getting real sassy about it. Yeah, really. I'm so sorry. Well, to be fair, like, I do wish I had some more granular information. Like, how many books did I read by women? How many books did I read by people of color? How many books did I read, like, fiction versus nonfiction? Like, I I do want to delve deeper into my own narcissistic reading. It doesn't give you fiction versus nonfiction? No. No. That's why I set up an Excel spreadsheet. Actually, I guess it's a Google Doc. Google Doc. Then I can access it anywhere. Yeah. And you yeah. never have to hit save. Right. This is blowing my mind. So proud of both of you. Yay. Okay. So anyway. Professional um, book nerds. There you go. Legitimate. Uh, apparently you go. I'm just a phony. That's okay. You're just here to herd cats. Just, I'm just here for comedic relief. Whatever. I'm over, I'll be over here drinking coffee if you guys need me. Just okay. Right. Go ahead. Right. Cool. Live your life. So uh, tell us, Megan, about your top books. Okay. Okay. I've obviously read a lot of books this year, and a lot of them were great. 2016 was a pretty, pretty awesome year for publishing, if I must say. Uh, so I'm going to go first is going to be Evicted by Matthew Desmond. Yes. And uh, so that came out earlier in the year. Um, so I've had some time to sit on it and really think about it. And uh, it's about the just the housing crisis and cycles of poverty that come because of rising high, rising housing costs and kind of stagnant wages, stagnant earning power, and just kind of how evictions feed evictions. And it's just he was so well researched. Stick around for like the last section of it explains his methodology. He did live in these communities. He really got to know these people, and it's heartbreaking um, and just something I've luckily never had to experience myself. Uh, so just amazing book, just killer book. I want I just want to chime in. I actually got an arc of that back in, I think it was January, from one of the heads. It's a Penguin Random House, yeah. right? I, one of the heads of Penguin Random Skip Die, who you guys know as well, he gave me a copy of it and just called a shot. He's like, this will be a bestseller. It's unbelievable and completely agree. Yeah. It's a really good read. Yeah. And it just, it flows really well. You get very invested in the humans. I'm not going to say characters because they are people. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. They are honest to God people. And, and it's just, just a great book. So if you haven't picked it up yet, do so right away. Uh, also, um, to keep it on the mildly, mildly not uplifting nonfiction, uh, my other, other big read that I really liked was, uh, while the city slept, a love lost to violence and a young man's descent into madness. Uh, so this also came out earlier in the year. And this is the story of two women that were assaulted and one was murdered and one was almost murdered in their home by a man who had just severe mental illness issues. And it's not only a story of the two of them and, uh, and their relationships. You get to know these women. Um, they were engaged and the day that was supposed to be their wedding day ends up being the memorial service for one of them. And it's just so sad. Um, and so it's their story along with the story of the man who did all of this to them and just his change in his his life as he became more and more mentally ill and the ways that people kept trying to get him help and the system kept failing over and over again. 
And the result of that was so many lives lost because not just the people that he that, that he killed and assaulted, but also his own. And that if there had been somebody watching out for him and making sure that he was on medication, seeking treatment, and that he could still potentially be a functional member of society. Um, so that's... Uh, they they when they market they're marketing it, it as a book for people that really liked making a murderer, which I don't really get the comparison other than like Maybe it's just true crime. Yeah, like yeah, but that's the big that was a big like. Do you like making a murderer? Read this book. And I'm like, well, he did it. Like, it's not the big like what happened, but um, it's it's uh it does get kind of graphic. Um, the the woman who survived described her attack in very great detail. And, uh, it was, so that's, that's hard. It's hard to read. Uh, so if you're sensitive to that type of thing, um, maybe you want to pass, but it's just really well written, really well researched. And you just have lots of empathy all around, uh, for something a, a little bit lighter, but still, uh, <laughs> it's my, my, my big fiction pick of the year, the book that I really loved was Homegoing by Ya Jesse. Uh, I'm a big character driven novel person so i really like uh a book that has really strong characters and this is the story of two women half sisters in ghana um several hundred years ago and one of them ends up being sold into slavery in and ends up in the united states and the other stays in ghana um they've never met they have um and just how their lives move on to the lives of their children. So this is one where each chapter of the book is a different character. And so you have, but you have the two that are in the same time period and just how their lives have moved on in every generation past this. And it's again, like that there's a lot of great character building. She did a lot of research. Um, and it's just, it's beautiful to read and it's a really good progressive story. Uh, and for something fun now, um, my my fun nonfiction choice of the year is going to be uh, Unmentionable. <laughs> and the subheading is, maybe if I could type, this would make my life so much easier. Well, it's Unmentionable by Therese O'Neill. Uh, I made it very small. I can't read my own handwriting. Um, and this is actually a really great book about um, Victorian life for women. So it's Unmentionable, The Victorian Lady's Guide to Sex, Marriage, and Manners. I like it. Uh, and it is nonfiction. I recommend, I don't know if there's an audiobook version of it, but I recommend getting the ebook because there's some really great pictures. And it pretty much goes into all of the different ways that you will experience life being a Victorian lady. And the the author directs it as a there's a kind of an omniscient narrator who is saying like, all right, you 21st century woman, we're going to you love Regency romance novels. You really like Jane Austen. We're going to throw you back then. And you're going to see how much fun you're going to have when you can't make any of your own decisions. And you have to figure out how to go to the bathroom and uh, all this fun stuff. So it's a really it was probably the funniest nonfiction that I've read recently that wasn't like a memoir or a book by a comedian. Sure. So those are my big picks. Sounds good. Thanks, Megan. You're welcome. And next up we have Christina. Christina, how are you doing today? Good. 
Christine is actually going to give us both her favorite books and our friend Andrea's, who's out because she had a baby and she's spending her time with her baby like she should be. So do you want to start with your favorite books of 2016? Sure. Um, I'll do A Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Moss. It's also on Andrea's list as well. It actually won the Goodreads Best YA book, so no surprise there that we both loved it. Um, it is part two of a trilogy or continuing story. She hasn't really confirmed yet. Um, what's really great about this one is, so the first story, A Court of Thorns and Roses, is wonderful. And the second book is wonderful, but it, they completely diverge. And I think some people were surprised by that, but Sarah J. Moss does that a lot, where she kind of starts with one story and then unravels it, and there's another one underneath. Mm. So I won't give anything away, but it is the Beauty and the Beast retelling Although it's definitely kind of like jump the ship from that retelling, but it sets the story. Strong female character, um, a horde of characters that are all really great. And I think there's rumors that if the third book, when the third book comes out, it should be the end of Pharaoh's story. But she's going to continue the story, which I think will be really interesting because she does a really good job with like character development. So uh, she and I both love that. I have to give a shout out to Andrea because she introduced me to that book, knowing full well that I hate when a series comes out and I don't want to read the first book. Um, but I'll stick with this one. You then also proceeded to introduce my wife yes, to I, that. I think anyone, regardless of how you feel about um, fantasy, science fiction, if you are very genre-specific in what books you read, still read this one. It's really well-written. It's really well. It's just really, really well done And how the arc of the character. It's a really great story, so don't be... My, my don't wife be seems to agree with you. She, uh, I fell asleep last night when I, and she was reading, and I woke up what felt like hours later, and she was still reading. So <laughs> she seems to enjoy it just as much. It's really good. She does a great job. I actually like this better than the Throne of Glass series, not to, like, ruffle feathers, but I think it's just really well done. <laughs> um, and then I also... Actually, I think my, mo- my most favorite book of 2016, non-genre, just best book I've read is All the Birds in the Sky by Charlie Jane Anders. Um, If you are familiar with her, she writes for io9.com very often. Um, This book is not like anything I've ever read before. I can't even say if it's like sci-fi or fantasy or anything. It's dystopian. It's got paranormal elements. It's got romance. Um, It's about two characters who are misfits named Patricia and Lawrence. And Patricia is magically gifted and Lawrence is scientifically gifted. He invents a time machine that goes back in time two seconds. Nice. Um, you kind of have to suspend belief for this story. You don't really know when it's taking place and you have to just uh, you just have to believe what's happening. Mm-hmm. I could see where some people might struggle with this book because it takes a little while to like really get to the meat and bones of the story and there's some really, really crazy outlandish characters but it's really it's worth the ride. You get to the end of it and it's you don't even know what happened to you. It's just a great book and she does a great job, and I just, I really loved it. And I, I actually read the first chapter, and I almost didn't finish. Okay. Because I was like, God, this just doesn't seem like my book. Because you spend one-third of the story with the characters being 11 years old. And I didn't, I wasn't kind of expecting that. But then it, it's not for 11-year-olds, though, so don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Got it. It's not for kids. There's some inappropriate stuff. Got it. it. And, uh, yeah, just really great, um, really great story. Read it in, like, a day. Um, and then Small Great Things by Jodi Picoult. Yeah. That was a great book. Mm-hmm. That was an emotional roller coaster. I cried a lot. Agreed. But I think it's a really great book for everyone to read because as free-thinking and as open-minded as you are, you you aren't. There are ways you can be better. That's a really good way of putting it. That is an excellent way of putting it. I agree. So I just really enjoyed it. And it's not, you know, it's, she doesn't, I think a lot of people like think Jodi Picoult is some sort of like chiclet writer. And not that there's anything wrong with chiclet. It's just female literature. Right. So, um, 
but it a lot of her stuff I guess tends to be heavy but with a with a point mm-hmm. so it's not like she's just making you sappy cry for any reason there's a reason that she's doing what she's doing and carrying you through the story and I just really really like this and I hope that you are uncomfortable with this story because you should be and you should wait to see what happens and I can't wait to see what she does next she's just so talented and just gonna chime in a little plug for ourselves for listeners who are new to our podcast if you scroll back a few weeks you'll find that we interviewed Jody about this particular book so and she's fun to listen to, too. She's so eloquent. Yes. I'm going to go back and just, like, feel listen to myself talk and be like, God, all those words you use just mm-hmm. be more like Jody. Yeah. Um, so I'll do Andrea's next two picks. Like I said, she loved A Court of Mist and Fury. And we were talking about, I texted her and I was like, you know, I know you're busy, but let me know if you can get to this. And she responded with, this is so hard and had like six books. So I had to talk her through her picks. So she chose The Beauty of Darkness by Mary E. E. Pearson. Um, It's book three of The Remnant Chronicles finished last, or finished this year. Um, I read the first book in this series. I liked it. I just, I didn't. I think I did that thing where I found out it wasn't done yet and, like, walked away. Um, it, it's a really good it story. It's um, It's got elements of a love triangle, which is also another reason I kind of backed away. I have a problem with that. But Andrea loved it, and I'm told it resolved very nicely. Uh, really strong female character. Um, just she really enjoyed it. And so if you haven't picked it up, it is all out. The series is finished, so you can read safely. Can I guess her third one? Uh, go. Crooked Kingdom. No. Oh, okay. She picked The Forbidden Orchard by Sharon Biggs Waller. Um, she wrote uh, another book that Andrea loved that she talked about on the podcast, and of course I don't have it written down, so I'm blanking. Uh, historical uh, elements. Uh, Andrea noted in her review that uh, Waller does a really good job giving uh, women a voice in a time when they were very much voiceless. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of has this absent father figure that comes back has nine sisters, and she's responsible for taking care of them. Essentially, the father gets the mom pregnant and then leaves. So we have this kind of very put-upon girl who decides to, like, make her own destiny. This is me just spitballing. I don't really know. This is what Andrea wrote in her good review. (laughs) Um, It's a slow-burn romance. Um, And, again, Andrea's just big point is that she knows how to write women really well. Okay. So So. was Crooked Kingdom one of her six that she talked to you at all by Lee Bardugo? I don't think she, I don't know, no, no, I don't know if she mentioned that one. She had several. Gasp. Um, I don't, I think she was really trying to, the one book that she mentioned, I can't remember it now, I should have brought my phone, but it was a book that came out in Australia, but then just got released in the U.S. this year. She was all over the place. I just, okay. Andrea, she had probably yeah. a, has she new, has baby new mommy brain. New mommy brain with Quinn. All right. Well. Um, that's me. That's all. Well, Thank thanks, you. Thanks for giving us both yours and Andrea's picks. We yes. appreciate it. Yes. You're welcome. Thank you. And if you guys, really, all the birds in the sky, you should read it. Our next guest is Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? So tell us about your favorite book or books of 2016. My favorite book of 2016 was Dark Manor by Blake Crouch. Yeah, baby. That's good. I feel like that's going to have a, be mentioned a few times. Is it? Oh, no. Well, no. You're only the third person to talk, but I know a lot of people around the office oh, really so enjoyed good. it. Only the third. I am so not original, but it was good, so I don't feel too bad about it. Um However, I have a confession. Oh, no. Go I listened on. to the audiobook. Okay. And I hated it. Whoa. <gasps> you didn't like the audiobook? I did not like the audiobook. So, like, you liked the book, you just didn't like the audiobook yes. version. Okay. I felt like the audiobook was coming soon. Everything was like, movie trailer, we're going to talk about this now. And then he went into the box, 
the whole thing was just way too much. So I had to sort of remove myself from it and listen to it as though it wasn't that person narrating it. And then I loved it. Okay. So, so maybe, maybe in a world where quantum mechanics. <laughs> Seriously. It was like, he walked down the street. It's like, dum, dum, dum. It's like Batman reading a book to <laughs> yes. That's exactly what it was. Where's so, the trigger? <laughs> so I feel like it was a slight disservice to the story, but I'm a huge math, physics, space geek, so mm-hmm. the whole premise was great. Oh, it was so good. I read it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't yet. and I, oh, I know. I know. We have, there's copies. I know that we have, I know we have copies and I'm, it's on, it's one of the books I'm going to read over the holiday break that, that I have coming up that I've mentioned a few times. Adam. I know. Adam. Yes, Tiffany. I think you should listen to the audio book. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I want to, I'm going to read the book. First off, I want you to know, you, I'm going to read this book to myself and it's going to be that voice the entire time and I'm going to come back and be like I didn't like it as much as everyone else and you're going to be like did you do the Batman voice the whole time and I'm like maybe I really did not intend to come in here and giggle like, like a school okay. girl uh, talking about that's all right. <laughs> well, okay. that's fantastic um, did you have others or was it just the one which is totally um, fine I also read uh, Shrill Yes. Which I loved as well. Super sassy, super This is honest. why we get along so well. I was going to say, I don't even need to be a part of this recording. <laughs> I'm just going to let you two talk the rest of the time. Wait, you didn't read that one? I, oh, my God. I haven't yet, but but Lindy West is one of Jill's gals. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm here, but continue. Talk to me. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> no, I really like that one, too. I like. I thought it was really refreshing, the level, level of honesty. Um, I listened to that one as well and thought it was amazing. So. I think she narrates it herself. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I think that voice was important. So Agreed. Yay. Yay. Yay, Bucks. Yay, Bucks. <laughs> Congrats, right. everyone. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, and next up we have Emma. Emma, welcome back. Hello. How are you doing today? Good. How are you both? We're good. We are good. Happy hey. Monday. I don't know how I feel about you speaking for both of us, but I am good as well. <laughs> You won't even look at me. He's feeling kind of sassy today. I'm feeling incredibly sassy. I'm getting attacked left and right over here. Anyway, Emma, tell us about your favorite books of the year. Absolutely. So this was hard to narrow down, although probably not as difficult as some of my coworkers. (laughs) Um, Wow. uh, I am going to start with Jane Steele by Lindsay Fay. It is a gothic retelling of Jane Eyre. It was lovely. I love that the sort of line that enticed me in from the description is reader i murdered him so immediately sucked into that um it's a really good tale of um you know sort of coming of age but also intriguing things like murder um throughout and there's also you know a love story it's got a little bit of everything um and i just thought it was really well done really funny and clever and unlike anything i've i've read this year so that was definitely a highlight that i had to call out that's been on my list i just haven't gotten around to reading it yet oh absolutely recommend and the audio is very well done okay um my other favorite book um, this year that I've pretty much recommended to everyone. I've talked about previously on this podcast. I'm sure everyone is sick of me talking about it, but it is so good. Was Behind Closed Doors by B.A. Paris. I will not go into depth about this because I just have said pretty much everything about this already on previous episodes, but it is thrilling. It is tense. It is about a marriage 
and um, there are definitely dark things happening behind closed doors with this marriage of this seemingly perfect couple um, that is definitely not um, as they appear. I was tense the entire time I read this, um, was also reading this in the middle of wedding planning, which I wouldn't advise. (laughs) Don't read marriage thrillers when you're about to get married. Um, But otherwise, this was a really, really good sort of read it in one sitting, devour um, thriller kind of a book. And then my other favorite for this year um, has gotten a lot of good reviews and has been sort of on all of the must-reads from this year is The Girls by Emma Klein. I thought that this was really well done. The emotion that is sort of captured in this book of what it's like to be sort of in that angsty early teen age trying to figure out what you're doing with your life um, was just really, really well done. And then it also has the really sort of eerie, weird setting of being in like a Charles Manson-esque cult group. Um, So I just thought that that was really well done, very well written for a debut, and I'm actually really looking forward to see what else Emma Klein does. I heard that she'll have a few more books out um, in the coming years, so I would highly recommend The Girls. Definitely very creepy, very well done, Um, really, really good book. Sounds good. Thanks, Emma. Thank Thank you. you. And next up, we have Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. So tell us about your favorite books of 2016. Okay. Well, I was told to pick three, which was a little bit difficult, but I think I got it down to three that I'm very confident in and happy I picked. And the first one that I picked was a book that came out in April of this year. It was called Dodgers by Bill Beverly. And the reason I picked this book is... I'm a huge David Simon fan, and I would say that it's a perfect crime read for anyone that likes his work. On the book itself, it was kind of touted as The Wire meets Catcher in the Rye, and I would say that that's a very accurate representation of what the book was about. It's basically about this kid named East who lives in the projects of Los Angeles, and he's a part of a drug organization, if you will. He's kind of like a corner boy. And he gets sent on this mission, and I don't want to give any spoilers away, (laughs) but it's sort of a coming-of-age story about this mission that he has to go on with these other people and sort of about him deciding if this is the life he wants and what unfolds from there. It's pretty gritty, not for the faint of heart. I will warn people. That would be the wire aspect of it? (laughs) Yes, yes, very very wire aspect of it, yes, but it... I would recommend it to anybody who likes crime fiction, anyone who likes coming-of-age stories, and anyone who likes beautiful writing, because I thought the writer was incredible. So is the main character uh, really crabby and pouty? Because you said uh, meets Catcher in the Rye. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, he's um, he is pretty crabby and pouty, okay. just sort of about his lot in life in general. Right, well, that, sounds very, that, does sound that very... sounds very Holden Caulfield. Yes, yes. All right. It was very good. I'll save my... Chase my catcher in the rye rant for another time. All right, what else you got? Fair enough. Um, the nonfiction one that I picked, so I figured I would do two fiction and one nonfiction, was a book called Playing Dead, A Journey Through the World of Death Fraud by Elizabeth oh, Greenwood. I heard about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's basically like this this woman, she's, you know, a writer and kind of, you know, struggling through 
life as one does. And she has like a six figure student loan debt. So like just kind of in the conversation, she was like, you know, I should just fake my own death. Cause that's the only way you can get out of paying your student loans. So she like really put a lot of thought into it and was like, maybe I should do this. And then she was like, well, how can people actually do that? Can people do this in the 21st century, you know, with the internet and the NSA and everything else, you know, security cameras on every corner, can a person just disappear? And if you can, how would you go about doing that? And she talks to all these people and it's like this whole, you know, world of pseudocide is what they call it. And she talks to this guy who's like a consultant so you can pay him $30,000 and he'll help you fake your own death. That's great. Oh my God. <laughs> and then she talks to people that tried to do this and then failed and then got caught and she talks to family members of people who their, you know, their dad faked their death, and they found out later that oh wow, he's actually alive. Oh my god! And it was the whole time she was writing it. She was she was a really great writer. She was kind of you know funny and sassy. Like she was like, I can't believe I'm talking to this guy. Like this is kind of ridiculous, but I'm fascinated. Mm-hmm. And that was exactly how I felt reading it, and just kind of all the unique like tips that you pick up on. How you could do this was just hilarious. And I was just kind of reading it and just, you know, especially given, you know, this year in particular, I think there were a lot of people that were like, you know what, I'm out. You know, I'm just, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to go live in a tiny house in the woods and be done with everything. How do I do this? Well, maybe we can hold out hope that like Bowie (laughs) and Alan Rickman are still alive. (sighs) Well, that's, that's funny you say that, though, because there is a chapter in this book that talks kind of about conspiracy theorists, like mm-hmm. all the people that think Michael mm-hmm. Jackson is still alive, yeah. all the people that think Tupac, Tupac is, is still dead. alive. And he talked, he interviews this one woman in Los Angeles. She was like the head of the Michael Jackson is still alive fan club or whatever it's called. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that was really interesting. You know, fun fact, if you're a woman and you want to fake your own death, pretend you've gotten a hiking accident. That's the way to do it. Hmm, okay. Well, Don't try mind. to drown yourself because that never works. <laughs> if you have to assume a fake identity, keep your first name. Okay. But just change your last right. name. It's easier to remember. Never use your name. car. Just don't drive. That's how most people get <laughs> caught. Hmm. It's like busted taillights hmm. and they get pulled over. It's giving me a lot to think about. <laughs> it was right? such a good point. Good the first time I was reading oh. it, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> what's, your, what's your third um, one? The third one I picked was a book called Today Will Be Different by Maria Semple. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people probably loved Where'd You Go Bernadette, which was her, the last book she had out. And she was also a writer for Arrested Development. So I've been a fan of her work for a long time. And this book that came out in October was hilarious. I was it was one of those days. I you know, I think it was the first chilly day and I was just, you know, on my couch with my cat reading this book in like two hours. And it was just amazing. It was just, you know, perfect escape book. And <laughs> it's one of those things that it was hilarious but still kinda of makes you think. Like I don't want to give give away any spoilers, but it's about, you know, this woman and how she kinda of wants to change her life and in the beginning she goes to visit her husband at work and her husband's not at work and so it's sort of like oh where's my husband what's he doing what's he hiding from me and then at the end of the book when you figure out what he's doing you're just like oh my god (laughs) like this is insane i don't want to give it away and it was one of those things that really made me laugh and think and think about my own marriage like what would i do if i found out my husband was doing (laughs) this 
So, yeah, it was a good read for people that are fans of her work. You know, neurotic white women like myself (laughs) will love her (laughs) and relate to her. Um, Really quickly, because Mm -hmm. you are kind of our musical memoir specialist. Do you have a favorite musical memoir of the year? I'm curious to see if we have the same one. That's put, mm. I, know, I know I'm putting you on the spot. I don't know. Um, well, I'm a huge Springsteen fan, so right. I obviously loved his biography. But one that kind of surprised me that stood out that I was almost really surprised how much I liked was Moby's memoir, mm-hmm. Porcelain, that came out earlier this yeah. year. Because I'm not the biggest fan of his music in general, but right. just him talking about his life I thought was fascinating and about, you know, when you could actually be a starving artist in New York mm-hmm. and squat in apartment buildings <laughs> yeah. and just kind of his rise to fame. I thought was interesting. Okay. Wait, what was yours? Uh, I love the Bowie, the last interview mm. that came mm-hmm. out just in November. So, mm-hmm. and in our intro, I will have talked about this a little bit more. So I don't want to get too much okay. into it, but yeah, that was. <laughs> I was just curious to see if we had the same one, but yeah, yeah so. I haven't read that one yet. You definitely should. It's really good. So. I will. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, thanks, Rachel. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks. Next up, we have Kristen. Hello, Kristen. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's, Good. It's going. Yes. Tell us about your favorite books. Oh, just of this year? Yes. yes. Just of this year. <laughs> okay. I was like, we could keep going and going. You we were, could, but we're you, not going we're to. We're not going Kristen, to. Kristen, you were prepped for this. I was. I know. <laughs> I know. But then you put it that way, and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> so much to say. Um, so I'm going to start with what I think is probably my favorite book of the year, which was Bookshop on the Corner by Jenny Colgan. Um, This is like within the same vein as uh, The Storied Life of A.J. Fickery, Readers of Broken Wheel, Little Paris Bookshop. Um, I feel like there have been a lot of books with, you know, bookshop and bookstores and just that really focus on librarians and bookshop owners and lovers of books. So this fits within there and it's, it's my happy place. Uh, this was such a cozy read. It's about, uh, the main character is a librarian and she works in a city in England and, uh, finds out that her job is going to go away And she's not sure what to do. So one of her friends is like, oh, why don't you start a books shop in a van kind of a thing? So she ends up doing that and takes the van to Scotland where she has this, like, finds this small town and this gorgeous place she can stay for dirt cheap and just meets all of the kooky people living in this town. And it was just adorable. And it's one of those where you can just read it and you just feel so, so at home and no, it's one of those books that kind of hugs you back. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, it's just, it's so nice. It was wonderful. And of course, there's some romance thrown in there. Right, of course. Yeah. Sure. Obviously. And references to other books, which is great for all of us who are like patting ourselves on the back being like, oh, I got that Jane Eyre reference. I'm so smart. Uh, what's your second book? <laughs> uh, Something New by Lucy Nicely. She is... Um, a graphic novelist, and she writes mostly memoirs, and this one is about getting married, so it's about kind of her mental state at the time, and wedding prep, and just all the craziness that happens, and family stuff, and then the actual day of. I am not married, never been married, but I I really enjoyed reading this book. It was super fun. Uh, if you have been married, I'm sure you can relate to it all the crazy shenanigans you have to go through. 
And I love her art. It's very um, cartoony and kind of the rounded drawings, things like that. She's just, she's done other things. What she's really well known for is um, Relish. It was a food memoir about growing up alongside her parents who are both chefs. uh, And it's really wonderful. I highly suggest anyone who likes memoirs, anyone who likes graphic novels. I really love Lucy Nicely. Nice. Yeah. And lastly? Lastly, um, so I finished out the, uh, there's this series called Fairyland series by Catherine Valent. Um, and the fifth book, the final book in the series came out this year. It's called The Girl Who Raced Fairyland All the Way Home. Um, and I, all the titles are ridiculously long. <laughs> it's like she just started writing and couldn't stop herself. Um, but it's about this girl named September who at the beginning of the steer- series, she gets pulled by the green wind to fairyland. Like uh, you do. Yeah, exactly. It just right. happens. Yeah, as one does. Exactly. It wasn't a tornado, but you know, we can't mm. all get a tornado. Yeah, seriously. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, so in this one, she's been to fairyland many times and now she has become the queen of fairyland, but she kind of just wants to go home. And the only way for her to abdicate the throne is to, oh gosh, I think she has to like, she has to race Fairyland, the name of the, the name of the, the, the book. book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she has to race Fairyland and then all of these other, all of the queens and kings from the past come back as well. And whoever wins becomes the king or queen of Fairyland. And hmm. so. Chronicles of Narnia meets Mario Kart. Oh, man. It's, yeah. Wow. Ah, yeah. Wow. No one has ever go. described a book like that, I can Mm-mm-mm-mm. guarantee you. So get your Chronicles of Narnia with Mario. It's a me. <laughs> Aslan. <laughs> Nailed it. I was sitting there being like, think of a name. I, know, of I, was, name. I, was, I was I got, I was like, I should have gone on, oh, I could also gone with Mr. Tumnus. Wow. Proud of myself. That was really good. I'm proud of you too. Thank you. Well, thank you mm-hmm. for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. And next up, we have Quentin. Hi, Quentin. Hello. How are you doing today? Not too shabby. You guys? We're good. We're great. Oh, is it okay if I say we? She speak did for both yeah. of us? She, she spoke for you. She's done that multiple times today. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Like an old married podcast couple in here. So tell us about. <laughs> They can't see the look I just gave you. I know. So tell us about your favorite books of this year. So I read a lot of books this year. So I was like, how do I decide which to talk about? So I decided to pull up the uh, Goodreads mm-hmm. list, and I, I read a lot of these. So okay. I was just going to talk about them real quick. Go for it. Uh, so at the top of their list is Morningstar, which is part of the Red Rising trilogy, which we've talked about before on the show. Mm-hmm. So good. And I know Adam's a massive uh-huh. fan. Yeah, Big fan. Yeah, it was excellent. Um I, I highly recommend that one. It's like we said probably in the podcast before. Uh, it's it's almost it's almost written like epic poetry mm-hmm. rather than you know a novel, which is a cool change of pace. If you want different pacing, um, it definitely feels to me a little bit because I'm overly critical and a schmuck. Um, <laughs> it definitely feels like a first novel, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, that's not really necessarily a bad thing. It's, it's it's good, and I'm really looking forward to the next books he writes, which yeah. are coming out. Soon, yeah, right? there's one coming out in 2017, and it's going to be in the same universe as as the Red Rising trilogy. Yeah, uh, yeah, and different pe- storyline, I believe, but right, same universe. Okay. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of excited for that. Yeah, it, it'll be really good to see because he 
I think he's taking his time with it. It'll yeah. be interesting to see how he's um, grown. Because uh-huh. uh, you can definitely see that across the Red Rising trilogy a bit. Uh, I think it'll be even more evident in his next book. So that's Pierce Brown, by the way. We keep yeah. talking about him without yeah. Yeah. You know, giving a name. He's on my short list of people I really, really <laughs> want to be on the podcast next year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. If, you get, if you get Brandon Sanderson and you don't invite that's me. Also on, on the list. That's also on the list of people that I'm, I'm begging for. Just, just know that violence will ensue if you do not invite me <laughs> to that. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm a big Brandon Sanderson fan, in case anybody's wondering. Um, also, John Scalzi. I've met him before. He's really cool. Uh-huh. So you can get him to talk. He's really good. I think I might have put him on our list of, of people to beg for as well. <laughs> he's an Ohio author. He doesn't right. have to drive really far. Yeah. There you go. Um, okay, moving on. Next. Yes. Uh, I just finished Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. Yep. Um, which has probably been mentioned, judging from your facial it expressions. It has been. Yes, yes, it's yes. one of my favorites. Um, yes. Again, it feels... I had a few issues with it, but overall it was really good. Very suspenseful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he ended it the only way he could have, and that's all I'll say about the plot. Uh-huh. Uh, I would agree it, with that. And uh, it... You know, because I was like, he's writing himself into a corner. He's writing himself into a corner. Because I'm thinking about it from a scientific perspective, because I'm a huge nerd. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it was good. It was good. Um, Sleeping Giants by uh, Sylvian... I never know how to say her name. Nouvelle? Maybe? I'm not sure. I'm not um, sure either. You guys haven't read Sleeping Giants yet? No. You should. It's okay. fascinating. Have you ever read World War Z? No. no. Okay. Oh, we suck. So... <laughs> I mean, I know what World War Z is well, about. Yeah. Right. Or, wait, is it World War Z? Or... Yeah, I think so. Anyway, they're both written, like, uh, as a series of interviews, really, mm-hmm. um, rather than, like, a typical standard novel, which is an interesting change of pace. Um, and Sleeping Giants was, I thought, like, well, not 100% unique, like, a really good, unique way of telling a story, and um, it, was pre- it was pretty well done. It was. It's about they unearth. They start unearthing giant robot parts on Earth, which sounds super cheesy, mm-hmm. but there's a lot more to it, and there's a lot of depth to it, and a lot of good character development, and it's, uh, I liked it a lot. It's not my favorite book of all time, but it was a pretty good 2016 read. Um, and the last one I want to talk about before we <laughs> before we give up, because I haven't read the, 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 the Last of the Brilliant Saga yet, which was a great series. Okay. I don't know if you guys have read that either. That's by Marcus Seiki. Um, it's good stuff. Uh, and that, the third one is written in fire, but I haven't read it yet. Uh, so the last one I really want to talk about is Star Nomad by Lindsay Baroker, okay. which I'm surprised made the Goodreads list because it was just a, if you're looking for something that's just fun mm-hmm. uh, and you like Firefly, mm-hmm. pick up Star Nomad because it's basically Firefly. Yes. Uh, so it's a, it's not, it's not like a, a masterpiece of modern literature. But man, was it a good time to read, and it, and it it did. It read just like an episode of Firefly, like a like a long episode mm-hmm. of Firefly. <laughs> but uh, it, yeah, it's good fun. Um, I picked all science fiction because I kind of am the science fiction book guy around. I was here. just gonna say, so anytime I want, anytime I want a sci fi book, I look up the things that you have read, and I'm like, okay, that's, <laughs> these are all pretty good. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've read other things this year, but like I said, I figured I'd represent. You know, yeah. Uh, like I'm reading a James. I mean, not a James Bond. Uh, I'm reading a. Um, Another Sherlock Holmes thing, which I think I was reading one last time I was on the podcast right now. So I do vary it, I promise. Uh, <laughs> no judgment here. <laughs> Judgment-free zone. But, but I love my sci-fi. Fantastic. So. Well, right. thank you, Quentin. Sure. I'm always happy to be here. You guys know that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. 
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.